Crippled Content Creations presents Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability, with your host, Andrew Gerza. Disability After Dark, with Andrew Gerza, shining a bright light on sex and disability. Well, hello there. Thank you for clicking on Minnesota number 20. Holy fuck, we're already at Minnesota number 20 of this show. When I started the Minnesotes like 19 weeks ago, I never once considered that we'd get to 20 Minnesotes, which is a cool thing that I wanted to try. And we're already at 20. That's fucking amazing. And thank you so much for writing in to tell me your stories about disability. Any of you who are listening to the show for the very first time and who have not checked us out, if you're listening and you're like, Andrew, what the fuck's a Minnesota? A Minnesota is where I write in, where you write in cool stories about your life around disability. They can be funny, ableist, hilarious, sad, real, raw, whatever kind of story you want to tell me about anything related to disability, and I make them into a Minnesota. But some people have suggested that I that I give you direction for the Minnesotes and stuff that I want to hear. So for next week, what I want to hear, you heard back in. If you're a listener of the show, you've heard back in episode like 9 or 10, maybe even 5, when I talked about my my experiences on on like Grinder and Scruff trying to get dick and trying to get laid as a queer disabled guy, I want to hear your listener stories about when you were on the apps trying to get laid. Tell, send me letters of things people said to you, send me all those things and send me all those stories. And if you have Horrible failing stories where people were super ableist. I want to hear those. If you have success stories where people were super awesome to you, I want to hear those. Send me in your stories about when you went online as a disabled person and all the stuff that happened to you trying to get laid. I want to hear those stories. Send them in to disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. Flood the inbox because I want to hear all your stories. Also, another little bit of direction. I always love funny sex stories. We got a few of those uh, a few Minnesotes back. Back in Minnesota number seven, we did one like that. Send me more funny sex stories around disability, and I'd love to, to do the, do the, do more of those for a Minnesota. But now, let's get to this week's Minnesota. So I got this one a couple of days ago, and I didn't read it in full because I want my Minnesota like reactions to be like real so I didn't read it at all I I just got it and emailed the person and said this is great can I use it for a Minnesota thanks they said yes so Jessica writes in and the the subject line of this email is is hello from a super fan oh you're a super fan that's amazing and that's so great also there's been a ton of awesome really sweet reviews on iTunes which is amazing, and just telling me how much the show means to you is, it, it warms the cockles, cockles, <laughs> it warms the cockles of my heart so much. So, thank you for being a super fan. This email's from Jessica, and here's what she's, here's what they, I'm going to say they because I don't want to gender you, sorry. Here's what they say. They say, hi, Andrew and Ray. Oh, Ray, you got your first shout-out. That's amazing. Ray is the, gr- the awesome intern who works for me 
I live in Toronto and they live in Vancouver and they do, they're helping me find research and do spreadsheets to make the show more nuanced and they're doing a lot of great work for me behind the scenes. So that's amazing. It's really awesome. So I really appreciate that Ray's there. And you should all, when you send in Minnesotes, shout out to Ray because they're, they're great. So Jessica says, Hi, Andrew and Ray. I've just discovered your podcast because I was digging into the archives of Query with Cameron Esposito. Hey, Query was so fun to do. And I love that I was on Cameron's show and it was such an honor to be there. And I'm still so floored that people, um, that people like Cameron Esposito would have me on her show. It was so nice to do that. And I, I love it. I love that show so much. I listen once a week. If you're not listening to me, you should be listening to Query. And if you are listening to me, you should also be listening to Query because it's such a powerful, important podcast. Jessica continues. She is so awesome to have had you on her show, Andrew. I know, right? I know. I was so excited and I was jumping up and down with Glee after hearing the June 15th episode because I have had very similar experiences to Ray. I'm 33 and I have very low vision and I'm considered legally blind. Okay, when I see the words legally blind, my first thought is, for some reason I immediately go to legally blonde, but I think they should, for Legally Blonde 3, which they're doing, and I love Reese Witherspoon and I love Elle Wood, for Legally Blonde 3, they should have a legally blind person in the in the movie actually blind doing stuff around around that. Or there should be like a disability parody of Legally Blonde called Legally Blind with a disabled person. Maybe you could do that, Jessica. Maybe that's a thought. I don't know. I could be totally off base here. Um, Jessica continues... My condition is due to underdeveloped optic nerves, which comes in all degrees and varieties, but fortunately is quite stable across the person's lifetime. Well, that's good to know. My acuity is terrible. I'm like 20, 20 over 600. I don't know if that's good or bad. I am the worst with any kind of measurements. So to me, those, those numbers don't mean anything, but I'll, I'll ask Ray what they think, and if they can tell me what, I'll, when I when I talk to Ray next, I'll ask what that means. Um, my QD is terrible, I'm like 20 to 20 by 600, but my current level of vision is all, is all I've ever known, so it feels normal to me. Good, I'm glad that what you're feeling feels normal to you, that's important. I've generally been a happy person, and, and I've always thrived in academic environments and the outdoors. Awesome. I love academic nerds. Hello. Welcome. I'm an academic nerd myself. Um, but sadly, I've struggled with the history of exclusion and rejection by my peers. Oh, I'm sorry. People can be assholes, and that's mean. I've always interacted more easily with adults, either in, in a parent, teacher, or older relative capacity, because I knew what they expected of me, and I could match their vocabulary. My peers, on the other hand, have always been on another planet. I have no clue how they dressed, wore their hair, or what ex or what aesthetic they liked, so I probably looked weird. Then there's the problem of not being able to make eye contact or recognize faces. Okay, let's stop. First of all, I, when I was younger, and even right now, even today, I'm wearing track pants right now. Well, that's not true. Right now, I'm wearing flowery Hawaiian shorts because it's fucking 43 degrees here but uh 43 degrees Celsius which is like basically over 100 Fahrenheit um actually wait let's ask Google hang on 
Hey Google, what is 43 degrees Celsius in Fahrenheit? 43 degrees Celsius equals 109.4 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, it's fucking 109 degrees Fahrenheit. So, my point is, Jessica, that I never wore the cool clothes either because because whatever and i also gravitated very highly in dealing with adults from a very young age so i know how you feel and i know how you really i know what it feels like and i think many of us with disabilities know what it feels like to not be uh in line or in step with our peers and be worried that we're missing out disabled fomo is a real thing yo it's a real thing um so Jessica continues, then there's the problem of being not able to make contact or recognize faces. I have nystagmus, which means that my eyes jump around uncontrollably. It's almost impossible to aim them in any given direction, though I can point my nose at a person's face and show them respect and that I'm paying attention. Oh my god, I could totally relate to raise difficulties with flirting or even being able to read someone's intentions if they aren't very verbal. Quiet people kind of scare me, lol. I don't know if Ray has this problem too, but it's almost impossible for me to identify people sometimes. If they speak, I can often match their voices to, a, to their identity the same way everyone else does. But sometimes that's tricky if I meet a bunch of people at once, or we're in a social mixer situation where there are loads of people grabbing in the same room. I am not a person with low vision, but I can I, I can understand the the like stress of being in a room with a lot of people as a disabled wheelchair user, worrying to not want to you know run them over or, or bump them can also be a big worry that I have. Definitely not the same thing, but I understand. And also, quiet people, I am drawn to quiet people. They don't scare me. I'm like, oh, I like you because I'm also really quiet. I know my public persona is rather loud, but I'm also really kind of quiet. So I am drawn to quiet people. They don't really scare me. I'm like, yes, I'm one of you because I'm a, I'm a quiet, quiet person. Jessica continues, I can also cheat and notice hair color, skin color, or clothes if they've identified them that day already. I've asked people to greet me by saying, hi, Jessica, it's blank. That way, I don't have to play guessing games, misidentify them, or string the conversation along until I can figure out who the hell I'm talking to. Most people don't remember to do this, though, and sometimes I end up looking stupid. Oh well, part of life. I don't think, Jessica, that you look stupid. I think that people should, when you, you know, tell them your access needs. We need to do our do our best to remember what those are, and sometimes we can make mistakes or forget, but we have to be corrected or correct ourselves and do that. I don't think you should worry about looking stupid because it's simply, and I, I want to find a better word for stupid because I realize that's, a, that's an ableist terminology, so I'm going to change it and say, I don't think you should look or feel less than because you have an access need. I don't think that's very fair. Jessica continues, I'll explain that I'll, that, uh, I explain that, hang on, I explain that I'll remember our prior interactions, when, oh, okay, I can't read, one more time, I explain that I'll remember our prior interactions once I get past the obstacle of first identifying them, needless to say, I have zero experience with dating or relationships, oh, okay, 
That was an awesome non-segue right into the dating. You waded right into that pool. Okay, I'm ready to go. Let's go. Let's dive right in. Jessica, I have, I had one boyfriend for about two weeks in the eighth grade, but we soon broke up because he was <laughs> immature and annoying, and he wanted to move faster than I did. Jessica, my friend, I, I think we've all been there. Boys are typically immature and annoying, and as you get older, boys growing up into men can also be really immature and really annoying, and they always want to move way too fast than some of us do. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a male-identified person, and I have been immature and annoying, and I have dealt with immature and annoying boys most of my dating-slash-sex life as a disabled queer man, so I, I feel you. I feel you so hard. Jessica says, I was never asked out once in high school or college. Oh, well, that's okay. Me neither. I've never really been asked out properly, even now when I'm 34. Uh, so don't feel too bad because I feel you. I am 34 and I've never actually been asked on a date. I've had to coordinate dates with people and like ask them to ask me out on a date, but I've never properly been asked. So I understand. Um... This font is super super small, and it's tough for me to to see here on my MacBook. Hang on, let me just, uh... I was never asked that once in high school or college. Now I'm in a relationship with somebody much older than myself, and I'm, I've been learning and growing tons all the time. Can we talk about how older people are just better at all the things? It's because they have their shit together, and I love dating older people. I'm 34, and I'm totally into guys who are like... 40 and up because they have their shit together and they they're not you know they're generally sometimes they are but generally they're not assholes generally and th and I am all about the daddies so so much so if you're a daddy and you want to get with me let me know sidebar let me know I'm totally single and I'm ready for your daddy dick just a side note that was that was me doing an aside that was not actually in the letter I hope that's Clear when I say when I say so and so continues, that means that I'm reading and what I just gave you there was an aside. So I hope I hope you got that. I hope that made sense. Jessica continues. Uh I'm just not sure how long it will last, mostly because in order to survive, I have a very rich inner world and I have a lot of little set routines. I have a lot of little set routines too, and when somebody disrupts those, it makes me feel super, super weird and a little bit uncomfortable, so I understand, and I'm sure people with varying levels of disabilities, or without disabilities, have little routines that when somebody comes into that world, it's hard to adapt. Um, I'm wondering, Jessica, do you feel like your disability makes those routines more important to you? I'm wondering if you feel like you could invite this person into those routines with you and that would make you feel better maybe just a thought Jessica continues I love going to concerts movies beaches and out to eat but I find but I'm finding that when the day is done I'm just happier alone me too right this is how I'm starting to feel about dating I like spending time with myself as Andrew I like spending time with myself so I understand you totally, totally. 
Jessica says, This seems very weird to me. Our culture tells us that we're supposed to want someone in our lives to complete us. I know our culture tells us that, and it's ridiculous and, and not at all the truth. Um, because I think you can, I'm learning that you can be alone and be single and totally be happy. And that's something I'm trying to bring into my world. Now, I want to meet dudes for sex all the time and get my dick sucked on occasion. But that doesn't mean I want to be their boyfriend or their partner. And I think that's okay. Jessica continues, I'd love to share experiences with someone, but I feel I'm already complete. Well, you know what I say to that? I say, Jessica, that's amazing. And that's really great because so many of us are taught that we're not supposed to be complete. So I'm glad that you have the wherewithal to know that without somebody, you are complete. Especially, I think, as a disabled person, knowing you're complete and knowing having that self-awareness is really, really important because we're bombarded with so many ableist ideas that we're supposed to meet our knight in shining armor or or our princess in shining in in like dresses to save us from our disabilities and you know yourself and that's great jessica says the other part is that i'm not quite sure if i'm attracted to this person or not that must sound bizarre too not really i think attractions are allowed to grow and change and shift and morph and maybe you're just going through that right now I honestly have absolutely no clue what my ideal would look like, dress like, smell like, talk like, etc. I think about my ideal man or ideal woman, and right now neither seems any more appealing than the other. Maybe you're asexual and disabled? And that's okay too. I know there are people out there who are ace and are disabled, and maybe you're exploring that part of yourself. Jessica says, I used to ask myself back in my 20s, am I gay? Am I straight? The answer would come back to me, I don't know. I'm none of the above. And they've spelled none, N-U-N. Oh, Jessica. The comedy stylings of Jessica. Then Jessica goes on to tell me a little bit about their life and how people treat them, about their disability, and about how they wish people would treat them a little bit differently. And some things about when they travel, and it's a little bit long, so I'm going to cut it here. But Jessica ends by saying, Okay, time to end this super long letter. Sorry I rambled on so long. Seriously, Jessica, you did ramble on for quite a bit, but I appreciate it. I really do. And that's why I chose to make an executive decision and cut some parts of it. But I really seriously appreciate your comfortability to ramble on so much. They say, I just want to share my excitement about finding someone even remotely close to my situation and willing to talk about dating and such, which is almost completely omitted from any types of education or rehab for people of all stripes who have disabilities of all kinds. Yay for you. Keep up the great work. Yay for you, Jessica. Yay for you. And again, thank you so much for writing in and telling us your story. And Jessica, just with regards to your relationship status and your desire to be alone, thank you so much for bringing that to light to me because that's something that I'm starting to gravitate more and more towards and I feel a lot of shame about wanting that, but hearing you tell me that in a letter was really important for me, so thank you so much. And that's it. That's how you do a Minnesota. You send me in the letters about disability and I read them back to you in hilarious fashion. 
Some people have said to me that they want to write in on my social media, but they're afraid. Don't be afraid. I'm going to turn it into something funny and nice, and I'm going to make sure that you are respected and loved and cared for throughout the reading of your thing, and I'm going to make sure that I am very careful with your words, and I say them as properly as I can, and I make sure that your pronouns are properly uh, protected and your disability identity words are used the right way. I'm going to do my very best. So feel free to write in whatever you want, and if you feel like you have nothing to say, that's okay because you totally do. Send in whatever you want about disability to disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. Stay tuned for Friday's episode where I talk all about pride and disability. I have a lot of feelings about this one. I'm currently writing it and recording it right now. I'm excited to share that with you. Uh, So thanks for listening and we'll see you on Friday for our full episode. Bye! Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crippled Content Creations with music by Chris Ujiuchi. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright Crippled Content Creations 2018